Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 168. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Plenty of negative news today, especially in politics and the Catholic Church. We hear about Pope Francis doing crazy things at the Vatican, priests being caught performing scandalous acts, the criminal activities of the USCCB, and on and on. Personally, I get a little tired of the negative, and I'd imagine you do too. So this week, we're going to hear from a young man who's entering seminary in August, and I think some of the things he has to say will excite you about the future of the priesthood in America. Here's something I'm going to shout loud and long. During the last two years, every Catholic parish and most businesses lost a ton of money because of the COVID lockdowns. Congress attempted to ease the revenue strain with the CARES Act, but it really did nothing for parishes and little for most businesses. Believe it or not, Congress is actually remedying that. 
They've not done a good job of getting the word out, but Congress has enhanced the ERTC portion of the CARES Act. If a parish or business has W-2 employees, part-time or full-time, they almost certainly qualify for the ERTC tax rebate. I'm working with a CPA firm that specializes in ERTC rebates to reach out to all parishes and Catholic-owned businesses I can. This is especially good for parishes with schools. All any parish or Catholic-owned business has to do is click the link in my show notes that says ERTC Recovery, I Want My Money. Then just fill out the form on the website and the CPA firm will determine if the parish or business qualifies. It costs nothing to get started and the average tax rebate appears to be $150,000. So tell every priest and Catholic business owner about the expanded ERTC rebate and send them to my show notes. Remember, click the link on my show notes that says ERTC Recovery, I Want My Money. Before the commercial, I mentioned the crazy things Pope Francis does in Rome. In justice, I think I need to tell you about something great he's doing on the 25th of this month, in case you don't know about it. In 1917, Our Lady of Fatima asked the Holy Father, in union with the bishops of the world, to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart. St. John Paul II attempted such consecration, but many lay faithful, priests, and Orthodox bishops had doubts about whether that attempt was an accomplishment of what Mary wanted. On the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th, Francis is going to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He sent a letter to the bishops of the world asking him to join in the consecration. Pope Francis is about to accomplish a monumental feat. I'm now wondering if the Holy Spirit permitted Bergoglio's election to the papacy for this express purpose. The Bergoglio papacy has been one of the worst papacies in history, but this singular act could be his legacy. This may be a way that God shows us that he can use the worst tool in his celestial toolbox and still accomplish great things. So be sure to pray on the 25th for the Pope Francis and our bishops. Now on to our guest. The young man we're interviewing today is Christopher McGurn. He's a 2019 graduate of Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. He's going to be entering the seminary in August to be a priest in the Diocese of Steubenville. Christopher and I met in, of all places, the social media site LinkedIn. I was impressed with this young man's excitement for Catholicism, and I thought you'd want to hear his thoughts on the priesthood of the future for America. Let's listen. Christopher McGirt, welcome to the Cantankerous Catholic. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to hearing from a young man who wants to go to seminary. Now, you're about to enter seminary in August, right? That's the plan, yes. I'm in the midst of the application process, but hoping to start seminary this August. Okay, and I want to talk about that. But first, though, Please tell the Six-Pack Warriors a bit about yourself. Let them get familiar with you. Sure. So my name is Christopher McGurn. I'm 25 years old. I was born and raised in Steubenville, Ohio, went to Franciscan University, graduated in 2019, 
did several things since then. I did full-time ministry in Columbus. I ran a couple companies with some friends, did uh, some work and a capital campaign, a $25 million capital campaign in Wisconsin for a parish. And then I actually did some work for a chancery, a, a diocesan chancery out in Colorado for a year, um, and then felt the call to priesthood, moved back home, and, and here I am. So that's the very summed up version. <laughs> okay, that's great. So what makes you think that you're called to the priesthood? That's a great question. I would say the growing desire in my heart that is not going away. The, you know, it, it's been growing for a long time now as far as the desire to be a priest. You know, growing up, I, I thought I was called to marriage. And uh, it was through my profession that I would show my vocation, which was to be a priest. I wasn't satisfied with careerism and professionalism. I wanted something more. I wanted something deeper. And so I kept looking for that in various jobs over the years, and I still wasn't getting it. And it wasn't until I really started thinking about and honestly discerning the the possibility of becoming a priest. And that's where it hit home of, I can't see myself doing anything else. I, I want to love souls and, and serve souls as much as I can. And uh, being a priest is a pretty good way to do that. So Yeah, I would think so. So uh, are you going to try to become a priest there in the Diocese of Steubenville? That's correct. Yeah. So I'm currently applying for the Diocese of Steubenville, my home diocese. Yeah. What is uh, what is Steubenville Diocese like? I mean, are you going to be able to actually exercise your priesthood the way a priest should? Mm. I would say yes. It's definitely a smaller diocese. To my knowledge, I believe we have 30,000 registered Catholics. Out of that 30,000, I believe 15,000, one five go to Mass weekly, to put it in perspective. So there's uh, there's definitely some good work that needs to be done here. Definitely a mission diocese. Um, it's not, it's not, um, they don't, they don't have a lot of money here. It's a pretty poor diocese as well. So you're, you're definitely getting your hands in the dirt and you're out in the, in the fields working, which is what I like, but, uh, lots of work to be done for sure. Yeah. You, you'd be surprised how much money your Bishop actually has access to, mm. but, uh, you obviously know other young men wanting to prepare for the priesthood. Do you think young men like yourself will mostly be the sort of the, oh, I don't know, the same old, same old priest that we've become used to since the spirit of Vatican II crowd took over the chanceries? Or do you feel like a, a new breed of priests is coming? There's definitely a new breed. There, there is the, this, these young priests, these seminarians coming in, there's definitely a current theme of a found appreciation of proper orthodoxy, sacred tradition of the Catholic faith. They really want to to hold on to the sacred tradition of the faith. There's a, a new zeal and fervor that we're seeing with the younger the younger generation. And I think you know myself included. You know we we grew up where I didn't have I didn't know about the Latin Mass, for example. I never got to experience it. And so there's a hunger to learn not just the Latin Mass, even though for sure I want to learn the Latin Mass, but other things with that, right? Um, so yes, I would say there's definitely a new breed of young priests that are very excited to serve the church, especially with the current state of our church, the current state of our world. That's such an inspiration for so many, myself included, of we Amen. need good priests. We need good, holy, devout priests who are Amen. done with the garbage, who are going to stand up strong, and you were going to serve the people in the way they deserve and truly 
um, honor and respect our Lord in his priesthood. Amen. You know, there are two primary obligations that Catholics have, and all other obligations fall under those two primary obligations. And they are especially important for priests, and that is to become holy and to share the faith. Jesus commanded us all to be saints, Matthew 5, 48, and he certainly told us we have to share the faith at his ascension. You know, we, did, we didn't have a choice. Those two things are necessary for us to be saved. If you're Catholic and you're not trying to become a saint, you may not ever become a saint. But if you die without having tried, you're going to hell. You won't even make purgatory. And if you spend your Catholic life not sharing the faith, then you are also guaranteed a place in hell. Now, I'm assuming that you agree with that and that your priesthood is going to reflect that. I do agree with that, and I'm going to do everything I can uh, through through my future priesthood. Absolutely. I mean, the, the whole thing is this life is not my own. I'm not entitled to this life. This life was given to me by God, and it was a gift from God to me, and it's time to give it back to him. And I, in my opinion, the best Amen. way for me— the best way for me to give it back to him is to be him to everyone I encounter, is, is to be Amen. Christ, an altar Christus, another Jesus in persona Christi Capitas to everyone I encounter um, through my my words with them, my conversations, um, obviously the sacraments and much more. You know, that's what it's about. It's giving it back to him. Amen. Early in my relationship with Michael Vorce, I mentioned him that I think 95% of Catholics are completely ignorant of the Catholic faith. And his reply was that I was being entirely too charitable. <laughs> so a couple of weeks, I, I kind of thought that was harsh. So a couple of weeks later, I'm talking to Terry Barber, and we're having basically the same conversation. I told him what Michael said, and he said, Michael was right. And I thought, gee, it's even worse than I thought. So. The problem is these people are not being taught the faith, and they haven't been taught for 60 years. I, you know, I'm in the Rome of the West, and of all the lay people I've met, I can count literally on one hand the number of people who can answer this question. How many sacraments are there and name them? Mm. I can count on one hand the people who can do that. So it's obviously a very difficult uh, situation out there. People can't live what they don't know. Now, as a priest, what are you going to try to do to remedy that? Absolutely. It all starts with the sacraments, right? I mean, if you if you look at the role of a priest, what's the one thing they can do that no one else can? It's it's the sacraments. That's That's their special job. They have a lot of responsibilities. They have a lot of duties but the sacraments are right there at the front of it, right? So we have to go back to the basics. I don't I don't want to get into all of this social activism, social work, you know, all of this stuff. Even if some of it is good, we have our priorities wrong. We're, we're focusing on the temporal and not the eternal. This life is so Amen. short, and yet we're neglecting so much about what hangs in the balance, which is eternity. So having that focus on eternity equity uh, rather than of this world. So that's the sacraments and the bridge being, or the priest being that bridge between heaven and earth for the rest to cross to get to heaven and emphasizing that. Um, but also in addition to the sacraments, really clinging to the teachings of the saints 
and the sacred tradition of the church and and clinging to what you know the early church fathers have have said have shared there there's so much I, I think going back to the basics I think we have strayed pretty far off the mark and in a variety of ways and we really need to go back to what's working or what used to work rather because what we're seeing is obviously not working when when you look at the vocations crisis when you look at like you were mentioning the 95% that don't understand when when you're looking at the stats of today clearly what we're currently doing and have been doing for some time now is not working and we need to go back to what was working amen to that but you mentioned it starts with the sacraments certainly that is a priest's primary job but what benefit is it to the laity to focus on the sacraments if they don't know what it means if oh, they absolutely. don't know anything about it Absolutely. They they have to be completely catechized because they're not yes. catechized at all. Yes. Uh, you know, Catholics are notorious for not reading their Bible. Yep. And they think because they get a scripture reading at mass that that's all the scripture they need. And, you know, they have no understanding whatsoever of what the Mass is. But if you read the Old Testament, particularly the Pentateuch, right. the blueprint for the Mass is right there. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't change anything when he came. He just fulfilled that blueprint. Mm -hmm. I'm Oh, I'm sorry. I could talk about I could take <laughs> over to talk about that for hours. No, but. But to go off what you were saying, um, and I'm sorry I didn't mention that in my first response, absolutely, the, the catechesis of the laity has to be one of the priorities because we have such a poor catechesis, a lack of catechesis. People don't even know what mortal sin is, and yet almost everyone's living a habitual life of mortal sin right now. Amen. And and they don't even know what it is and the consequences that that actually entails, which is That's literally true. eternal damnation. So That's true. yeah, that like we we have to to focus on the catechesis and you know like like St. Jerome, I believe it was, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And right. what you can't say that you know who Christ is if you don't know what he says, which is through his word. Um, and you don't know someone if you don't know how they speak. So it, it's it's all together. The catechesis, reading scripture, the difference between venial sin and mortal sin. What are the sacraments? How many do we have? What they are, what they entail, why we have them, like all of it. I mean, it, we have to really get back to the basics um, from the priest's perspective of providing the sacraments and not closing the doors. And from the laity perspective of actually having good, solid catechesis. Amen. Amen. You're absolutely right there, Christopher. You know, I, I, I kind of want to keep this, uh, interview short, but at the same time, I want to publicly ask you for something. Look, we just had black history month. We just had, uh, what we're having woman's history month. There's the gay pride month and all this crap. And I've decided that in June, since it's the month the church dedicates to the sacred heart, I want to have a toxic male month. And, uh, so would you be willing to come back on the show in June and talk about that? Absolutely. I'd be honored to, I'd love to have you do it. I'm going to, there are several people I'm going to invite for this and we're just going to have a ball because I think it's time that America returns to being America and the church deserves to return to being the church. 
Oh, we're led so terribly. One other question, though, Christopher. What sort of financial aid is the bishop going to give you while you're in seminary? None. Ooh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> to my, my current understanding, because I've asked that, is there is there is currently no financial aid or assistance or a, a stipend of any kind for the seminarians, uh, for the diocese. Now, I, I do know a few that are working to hopefully change that, and I really do appreciate their effort. I, I've talked to them, and, and they're really looking to change that because they understand. But currently, as it lies, to my understanding, there is no financial aid for the seminarians right now and also through seminary. So I definitely need some help to afford basic living expenses. <laughs> well, now let me let me ask a question. He does sure. put you in a dormitory, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So from my understanding with major seminary, which is where I would be going to most likely Sacred Heart in Detroit, they cover, you know, with the loans and everything, you know, the, the room and board and all of that. Um, and then once ordained, I believe they actually pay the loans, which is which is nice that I wouldn't have to worry about the loans. But in the meantime, it's more of the car payment and the insurance and all that. Right. Falls sure. On me. I'll bet you since you graduated from Steubenville, you've still got student loans to pay off. Yes, I do. <laughs> and yeah, as as you mentioned, there are basic living expenses that everybody yeah. has to have that doesn't include rent and groceries. That's so, right. <laughs> uh, right. six pack warriors, I want you to be aware that in my show notes for this episode, we're going to have a link so that you can help Christopher. This is Christopher McGurn in Steubenville. We want you to be able to help him out. I'm, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to please, whenever you see the link to help Christopher in the show notes, Click it, be as generous as you can. Maybe you, hey, maybe you can cough up $5,000. Then again, maybe you can only cough up 10, but it's something you can afford to do every month. Lay it out there. Help this, help this guy out because he is a deserving young man who's going to be going through a snake pit seminary. And I really think you should help him. Christopher. Can you give me a ballpark figure of uh, how much money you owe right now? Sure. So between Franciscan loans, a private loan that I have, I am in need of about $35,000 as far as to raise still. Yeah. And you know what, Six Pack Warriors? I think you can take care of that for him because oh, <laughs> here's what you did. Y'all told on yourselves. I surveyed you all here last year. And you told me that the average household income for seventy <clears throat> percent of my listeners is one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year. You can help him take care of this. We need young men like Christopher McGurn uh, in the priesthood. So help him out here, Christopher. It's been great having you on the show. I'm looking forward to being able to have you back in June. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been an honor to be on here. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Thank you, Christopher. We'll talk to you in June. Sounds good. God bless. God bless you. I think you'll agree that Christopher is one of the bright spots on the horizon to give us hope for the future of the priesthood in America. 
Remember to go to cantankerouscatholic.com and scroll down to the show notes in this episode to find the link where you can help Christopher financially. I'm pretty sure God will richly bless you for helping one of his future priests. And don't forget to stay on the show long enough to listen to the Catholic Boot Camp so that we can continue with the series on evangelization. If you want a life of total freedom, and I mean total freedom, to go where you want, live where you want without money worries, there's one skill that can give it to you. It's a skill so desired, so in demand, you could have an endless flow of money coming into your bank account every month and never leave your house. What kind of money am I talking about? Does six figures sound good to you? That's what some people who've discovered and mastered this skill are making without breaking a sweat. As for learning this skill, almost anybody can do it. It's a special kind of skill that once you've mastered it, it gives you the opportunity not only to earn as much money as you need, but from anywhere in the world for the rest of your life. I'll be brutally honest. There's simply no other way to gain total freedom and independence than learning a skill that rewards you tenfold. Just click the link in my show notes that says, here's your ticket to the good life to learn all about it. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Fox News. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has been hospitalized, according to a statement issued from the court. Thomas was admitted to Sibley Memorial Hospital in Washington, D.C. on Friday evening after experiencing flu-like symptoms, according to the statement. After Thomas underwent testing, he was diagnosed with an infection and is resting comfortably while his systems are abating. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Catholic vote. Judge Kandanji, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Brown Jackson's record has come under intense scrutiny. Catholic Vote Director of Government Affairs Tom McCluskey said that throughout her career, Jackson has established a record of supporting extreme leftist ideologies and activism. Judge Jackson's record, especially on life, should immediately disqualify her for a lifetime appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court, said McCluskey. Despicable! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick number number three. Hats off to Fox News. After a private meeting with the judge, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Sunday said that pretender Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Judge Jackson, would not rule out Democrats' radical plan to pack the Supreme Court with extra judges in order to ensure a liberal majority. That would have been an easy thing for her to do to defend the integrity of the court. She wouldn't do that, McConnell said. Nope. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick Pick Number number 2 
Hats off to the Washington Examiner. Twitter flagged Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton for violating its rules about hateful conduct after he tweeted that Biden Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services Rachel Levine, a male who claims to be a woman, is a man. Paxton responded by blasting the left's war against human biology and especially against women and their weaponization of big tech against conservative voices. That just makes me mad! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to the Catholic vote. Georgia politicians are pushing a bill that would effectively require insurers to adopt ideas from the American Psychiatric Association, which has been criticized for controversial changes in recent years. According to CBS 46... The legislation received overwhelming bipartisan support in the state House of Representatives, but it could face resistance in the Senate as conservatives raise a variety of concerns. Whose idea was this? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. Before I tell you how I evangelize, let me make one point perfectly clear. This point, this principle, is absolutely vital to your sanity and success as someone about to embark on evangelization. In fact, until I learned this principle, I was constantly stressed out and had a sense of aggressive urgency that inquirers would always pick up on, and it usually scared them off. So if you learn this simple principle and make it part of your very being, your efforts as a lay evangelist will make you a rock star among evangelists in God's eyes. Here's the principle. You aren't responsible for success. You're only responsible for doing what God expects of you. Making converts is his responsibility. Don't try to go above and beyond the call of duty to make converts. You can't make converts anyway, and all you can accomplish by trying is getting in God's way. So just relax, breathe deeply, do what you know you're supposed to do, share the faith, and don't worry about anything else. To use a tired old slogan, just let go and let God. Now, let's get back to how I ride in this rodeo. When I share the faith, I don't do it as you may typically be used to hearing it. Oh, I use the traditional question-and-answer format of catechesis, all right, but I don't do it in the old boring rope method. In my presentations, I become the storyteller. I include history, church and papal documents, patristics, apologetics, and anecdotal information from the lives of the saints, former students, other people I've known or heard about, and myself. 
anything I believe might be relevant to the topic and interesting to the students. And I only speak in the common language of the average pew-sitting Joe Sixpack Catholic. The result? Well, I'm doing this boot camp, aren't I? And the reason I tell a lot of stories is, well, that's the way the boss did it 2,000 years ago. The key to making it intriguing, avoiding boredom, is to be excited about your Catholic faith without being phony about it. You see, excitement is contagious, which is why my students never yawn and always stay engaged. Remember, though, you can't have phony excitement. Your students will spot you as a phony in a second, and you'll lose all your credibility with them. To get an idea of what I'm saying, I'm going to read some unsolicited testimonials from attendees of the catechetical webinars I've been doing. Randy M. said, This is the first full webinar I've sat through, and I was amazed when you said it was time for questions. It just blew me away, as I didn't think an hour had gone by already. So I would have never guessed that an hour would have gone by. It was amazing. I was totally shocked. You had me sucked in. It was a great experience for me. Thank you for everything you do. Robert M. said, The gospel letters, though written thousands of years ago, are supposed to draw me closer to God. They, for the most part, don't. You do. Your words are more effective in reaching me. I know, for the most part, what the apostles have said. I'm looking for someone who can relate it to today. I have a greater chance of returning back to the flock with what you do. Sylvia P. said, I think you're doing a great job. I completed Father John Harden's basic Catholic catechism course some time ago, but having done it on my own, I feel I only had pieces of the puzzle. And now you are helping me to glue them together. Donna S. said, The weekly catechetical webinars offered by Joe Sixpack are perfectly sound, accurate, and engaging. They precisely address the questions troubling the three sadly uncatechized generations who make up most of today's Catholic laity. Jim F. said, Your webinars are great. They are short but informative. I have urged a group of my friends to give them a try. We all need to improve our faith. Thanks. Maria B. said, Joe Sixpack's style of teaching is down to earth, making it simple for everyone to understand the truths of the Holy Catholic Church. His webinars and catechism lessons are helpful for those new to the faith, but also for those who need a refresher course. I pray that this apostolate continues to bear much fruit. Mike W. said, I believe what you are doing is exceptional. I have learned so much about the Catholic faith in the last two years. Yeah, he'd been attending the webinars for two full years, which means he covered the same material four times. Chuck L. said, Thanks for sending me the recording of yesterday's Catholic-specific duties webinar. I enjoyed your presentation, which was very informative, and I look forward to the next one on the life of virtue. It's so comforting to gain knowledge of our Catholic faith in a different way and be able to have a better understanding of our rich heritage and what it means to believe what and why we believe it, and most of all, what Christ has given to us to lead us back to our Creator, our road to salvation. 
I certainly want to be a better informed Catholic and be confident in sharing it with others. Glenda M. said, Thank you for this uh, recording and all the information you're sharing with us. You will never know how long I wanted a program like this. Thank you. Folks, it's important to note that you can't be me or anything like me any more than I can be you or anything like you. We all have gifts God's endowed us with, certain lights, if you will. I didn't read these testimonials to boast about what a great lay evangelist I am. My intent is to prove to you that when you share the faith with others, it doesn't have to be boring. Indeed, it can and should be exciting. You can actually become God's rock star. Next week is when the rubber meets the road. We'll talk about getting yourself prepared to work at evangelization. The COVID lockdowns and mandates hurt everyone financially. Nearly all of you lost money and many lost their jobs. I learned this in email conversations with some of you. I learned that many of you are looking for ways to avoid financial worries when this happens again, and make no mistake that the tyrants in government will make sure it happens again. The number of Americans searching for ways to earn an income online has exploded. Some need to replace the jobs they lost. Others want to build an online income to be prepared for when it happens again. Some just want the freedom from being threatened financially again. Stay-at-home moms want to supplement the household income without working outside the home. I get it. The problem is the average person has no earthly idea where to start. I've been spending countless hours researching ways to earn an online income with the help of some friends. I've come up with a bevy of income avenues and reputable courses to help you. Consequently, I've come up with a separate email list for people who want this information. When I gave this opportunity to people on my other email list, the response was overwhelming. So if you want to get the valuable information I'm collecting about how to make money online, just click on the link in my show notes that says, Show Me How to Make Money. I'll begin helping you right away. Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Faustina. She said, A humble soul does not trust itself, but places all its confidence in God. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. When Ella Logan sang for the GIs in Italy at USO shows during World War II, she kept one rule very faithfully. There'd never be anything in the show the least bit off color. She wore simple dresses that reminded the soldiers of their mothers, sisters, and sweethearts. One evening in Naples, the theater was packed. Many of the men present had just come back from the front line. 
They were dirty and nervous and, in some cases, very bloody. After Ella made her usual little speech at the end of her performance, a six-foot G.I. who resembled Gary Cooper walked up to her on stage and said, Can I talk into that thing? He pointed to the microphone. He still wore his helmet and looked very tired. Ella was frightened because a man in his apparent state was subject to do or say almost anything. Looking up at him, she stood beside him at the mic. He put his hand on her shoulder and began to speak as 5,000 men sat absolutely silent. Miss Logan, he said, and everyone there could hear every word, you don't remind me of my mother. Do you know what you remind me of? Ella trembled as she waited to hear what he had to say. He said, you remind me of an angel. He bent over, kissed Ella on the forehead, walked down the steps, up the aisle, and out into the darkness. And while he walked away, no one broke silence. Then Ella ran to her dressing room and cried with joy. This rough and war-tired soldier respected Ella as he would an angel because she was innocent and pure. The virtue of purity is beautiful and most pleasing to God and men. It's a great treasure and the fairest adornment to your soul. It'll command the respect of others, especially men for women. Purity gives a beauty and loveliness entirely different from the natural beauty of the body. Impurity, on the other hand, is ugly. It makes you a slave. It weakens your will and darkens your mind. God hates impurity because it's an ugly vice. Ladies, if you want to be attractive to good men, do your level best to imitate the Blessed Virgin Mary rather than imitate the Kardashians. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.